was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ. And when you think that you can come to God and you can bow before him or stand or whatever, whether you're in a crowd or whether you're by yourself and you can, I like to say, get down on your knees. Because a wonderful thing when you can kneel down before a great God, not wood and stones, but a living God that hears you. And when you cry to him, how merciful and how tender the heart of Jesus is. Praise God. It's wonderful. Salvation is a wonderful thing. My Lord, I feel the Lord. Repentance, forgiveness, as mercy. And to think of how he loves you. The Bible said, how the Lord loves you. In Psalms um, 32, powerful Psalms. And uh, it's just, uh, it's God lo- God loves for us. Oh, God loves us. See, God um, God really um, expresses his love for us. And he gave his life, he gave himself for us. Uh, let's let's all read today that it's a beautiful psalm, Psalms 32, and it has it has about uh, just 11 verses. Some sometimes about God was dealing with me, and I was trying to memorize these psalms, but I I don't think I'd finish it. But I tried to um, think of it. I was trying for a while daily of focus, and it's a good psalm when you wake up. Whatever you're going through, to begin to focus on it. And uh, here he said, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven. You see how, how powerful that is? Your blessing replacing the curse. See, sin is the transgression of the law. But he said, A man that is forgiven, your transgressions, your sins are Forgiven, you are a blessed person. Not a cursed person. But blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven. Is that it? That means you're loose from the chains of sin. They, they have a, a song about chain breaker and uh, pain. Heat. That's true. That's true. You're, you're loose from, from sin. The chains of, of sin. Uh, whose transgressions is forgiven. And look at that. Whose sin is covered. Covered with what? Not not yourself righteous. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But covered with the blood. See the only, only covering that God recognized for sin is the blood. Of Jesus Christ. So here's a man. That his transgression is forgiven. And, and his sin is covered. Covered. God forgave you. God pardons you. And God covers you. He covers you with his blood. He gave you a his robe. That blood. There is the robe of. He puts a robe over you. Of righteousness. When God looks upon you, God doesn't see sin. God sees a righteous person. Not a self righteous person, but a righteous person. And verse uh, 2 says, Blessed, you see that word again? Blessed. Hmm? There's several times there that word is used. Blessed. Blessed is the man, the same man. Is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity. The same person. Lord, his, uh, his transgressions is forgiven. His iniquity is covered. I want to show you that blessed man. The, uh, blessed is the man unto whom the Lord. Who the Lord will not impute. Imputed not iniquity. Now that word iniquity, iniquity is. It goes very far because. Um, uh, the mystery of uh, iniquity. See, Paul, uh, uh, James, I think all the apostles, John especially, Paul spoke about the mystery of iniquity. That that includes 
uh, deception. Okay, false religion. Um, false spirits. See, yeah, a man is blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity. Uh, we, we, we all had something wrong about us. Our ideas about God, our thoughts about God, what we believe about God was before we came to Christ or before we received a, a knowledge of the truth was wrong. See, and that was sums up to iniquity. Having thoughts of God that's not right. That's contrary to the law. See, but this man, uh, if God had, in other words, if God had charged you, okay, and demand payment from you, you couldn't do it. There's nothing that you could offer. You could not give your sons or your daughters. You couldn't give your money. You couldn't give nothing. You couldn't bring a lamb. You couldn't bring a, a, a goat. You couldn't bring no, no bullocks to be accepted. Okay, for so what would happen to you if if God had imputed iniquity to you or to me? We'd be lost. But he said that man whom God imputed not iniquity. That means he's in late on you. Doesn't mean that you're innocent. Doesn't mean that you didn't do it. That's not what it's talking about. It doesn't mean that you did not transgress. We did not uh, commit sin. We weren't wrong. But God had a way. God made a way of deliverance. Hallelujah. From that sin. You did it. We did it. And we are guilty. Nobody could stand and say. I'm free from sin. And you're guilty. But I'm not guilty. You did it. But I didn't do it. Or So all of sin. All of sin. So what it's saying that if God charged you. Or dealt with us according to our sins. Nobody would be here. But the reason why we are here. Is because God did not charge us. <laughs> After the manner of our sins. You did it. You're guilty. But God found you innocent. That's amazing. How could you do it? Guilty and yet be innocent. Because another stepped in place and took your sins. Another took your blame. Because when sin and trans transgression, iniquity should have been imputed. Look, look for that word. I want you to find me that word imputed. Charge, right? When you should be charged for that crime, when you should be charged for that sin. God didn't charge you. He charged another. It's, it's awesome. The plan of redemption. The plan of salvation. The plan of deliverance. You are guilty. I am guilty. And we should be charged. And yet God charged an innocent man. God did not impute our charges for her sins. He charged somebody else. I mean you know you drive down the road. You break the speed limit. Cop pull you over. He's not gonna and he's your ticket. Your he's not gonna write somebody else up. He's gonna write you up. Am I right? He's not gonna write somebody else up. He's gonna write you up. But what God did when you and I were guilty, 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 and yet He found one who was innocent, who was willing to take the blame. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. Jesus was willing to take the blame and pay the price for you and I. Willing to die. Willing to suffer. Because our sins demand that we die. The wages of sin is death. Death was the penalty. Only death could pay. And even then death, you die and couldn't pay. Because there was no blood that you and I have that could satisfy God. No price. But yet. Guilty. But not charged. Praise God. Guilty but set free. Guilty. Yet in the eyes of God. I'm innocent. And when God looks. He sees one that's guilty. 
In other words, himself took the blame. God is a wonderful God. So he says that blessed is the man that God sets free. Set him free from his sins. Guilty, but God sets him free. He should have died, but yet God deliver him. And not only that, but make a son of God out of him. He imputed not iniquity. And notice, and in whose spirit there is no God. What's the word God? Deceit. Okay? So, the old plan of redemption, the old plan of redemption is that you come to God and you expose yourself to God. Not cover up. No guile, no deceit, no trying to leave some out. You know, you come to God and you put a little self-righteousness in there. Lord, you know, yes, I'm sinful, but not as bad as that man. I, yes, I've done a lot of things, but not as guilty as that person. I begin to think about the people who's more sinful, you think, than yourself. That's already the same. In your spirit, there's no what? What was the word? Guile? Meaning? Deceit. No deceit. You come straight to God. We come straight to no cover up. No trying to fool God. No trying to get around the corner and Lord, you know I'm not as bad. All of sin, we're all guilty. And come short of the glory of God. And in new spirit. See, that's where the work has to be done. In whose spirit there is no guile, no deceit. When God check you, search me, O Lord. Examine me. And when God search you, you're clean. But that can only come by repentance, by confessing our sins. So he's saying that the man that God imputes righteousness, he doesn't charge him with sin. He doesn't charge him with unrighteousness, but he imputes instead of that the righteousness of Christ. That's a blessed man. And there's no guile in his spirit. So, so you, in other words, you have to search your spirit. It's not the pastor that searches you. It's you. Is there anything inside of your spirit that is against God? Against the work of God? Any deceit? You're working iniquity. You've got thoughts in your mind. The next verse says, and notice here, you're trying to cover up. It's beautiful. you got to focus here. Pay attention. When you cover it up, you hide it. Nobody knows. Okay? You even hide it from God. When I kept silent, that means you don't have to tell anybody. You see, that's not what it's talking about. But you got to tell God. But when you try to hide it from God, you come up and you begin to pray, but you, you know, you put it aside. And I said, righteous spirit, Lord, like, was it the publican and the Pharisees? Say, I'm better than that guy over there because I fast and I pray so many times a, a week. And you try to fool God. You're loud about everybody else, but you're silent about yourself. You come to God and you pray, God, you see how that brother and that sister is acting. But you need to ask God about yourself first. Amen? Don't, don't be silent. You have to ask God to forgive you. That's what he's saying. When I kept silent, notice what happened. You think you get away with it. You think you're getting away with it. Oh, I just uh, covered over and I'm not going to uh, tell nobody. You don't have to, but you've got to tell God. You have to tell God. Because God is the only one that can, can, can forgive our sins. So he said, when I kept silent, you don't pray. Or when you pray, you don't touch it. 
You've got to get up to God and tell him that you are a low down sinner. And you're guilty. Tell him. Lord, I'm guilty. When that Holy Spirit convicts you, that's me. In, in further, that David said, Lord, I acknowledge my transgression. You know what I mean? You know, when, when God brings those uh, sin before us, he said, that's me. That is my sin. That is my, it's like a mother acknowledging and said, that's my baby. I birthed her. It's like you acknowledge and say, that's me. I was guilty. I'm guilty, Lord. That's me. I did it. Don't try to fool God because God knows everything. See, he said, when I kept silent, I seen my sins and my wrong, but I looked the other way like they're not mine. I never did that. You did it. I did it. We all done it. Somewhere or the other. Please forgive me. That's all it takes. Forgiveness is very wonderful. Something begins to search your spirit. Hmm? Goes down in your spirit and begin to take out the guile, the deception out of your spirit. Anything in your spirit that will try to trick God. Something that will try. To, I'm not just trying to talk about fooling church members. I'm talking about fooling God. Because it's God is the one that we deal with. David said, against you and you only have I sinned. Sin is against God and uh, or transgression. But when I kept silent, there, there's something inside of me that acting to my sins. My sins is doing damage to a part of my life. You don't get away with it. In other words, the, the, the psalmist said, even if you keep silent, you keep quiet, you don't tell God about it, that very sin begins to do something inside of your bones. When I kept silent, you ought to be shouting right there. Thank you, God. My bones wax whole. It's affecting you. Affecting us. So disease and sickness and uh, all the stuff. And you've got to apply uh, uh, that everybody comes on to sickness and disease. Hmm? Have you got a doctor? What do you have the doctor for? Huh? Because when you walk silent, when you keep silent... Your bones wax cold. They begin to get brittle. Your life begin to sin shake up your life. Cut short your life. It walk old through my roaring. All the day. You can't get away from it. You turn on your television to drown it out. And before it comes up. The baby is crying. And the longer you leave that baby. The longer you leave that sin. It begins to change from a baby to a grown person. It gets stronger. Time doesn't change it. It's the blood that changes. Time doesn't change it. It's the blood that destroys sin. It's the blood of Christ that removes sin. When I kept silent, my bones wax whole. Through my roaring, all the day. You don't get away from it. Even at night you toss and turn. You know what? It's the Holy Spirit of God convicting your spirit of the guile that's inside there. And all you have to do is repent. All you have to do is confess your sin. Ask God to forgive you. And forsake it. This scripture is showing you how merciful God is. And the length that God's going to show you that even if you cover it up, it's going to affect your bones. You can't get away from it. Nobody has to know but you. But you won't tell it to God. Sin is telling God who you are. You already know it. But tell him, look, I know you know me. But I'm going to tell you who I am. Born in sin, shape iniquity. I'm low, I'm the worst. And Don't tell him that you're good because there's no, nothing good in you. Nothing at all. Even if the world praises you, you're not good. So it goes on and says, can you imagine? Uh, all day there's a roaring inside of you. All day and night there's a roaring. You know what? Because it's God dealing with you to, uh, uh, for us to change and repent and cry out to him. Am I coming through? Verse 4 says, 
for, look, when, when how often? For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. That's heavy conviction. My God, you ever feel it? You're so convicted that you, you want to get away from everybody and get on your knees and say, oh God, have mercy on me. When day and night, it doesn't matter what time, the spirit is convicting you. You get up in the night and you feel like, oh God, forgive me. A roaring, a heaviness. You try to put a covering over it, but it doesn't work. Day and night, thy hands. That's the hand of Almighty God to change, to pull us back from sin, to deliver us from destruction. Your hands was heavy upon me. Heavy correction. And it gets heavier until I repent. Oh, you cover it up, you run and you hide, but it gets you. To the dying day, it comes and all your little babies come home and say, here I am. You, can't put it, you cannot put it in a bag and postpone it. You can't dismiss it. The amazing thing that every sin we commit has a voice. And they come crying against us later on. When sin is conceived, lust, sin, it brings forth a child. Death is born. Wages of sin is death. And you keep silence. You won't confess. We won't confess. Our bones begin to react. Our health, our flesh begin to react. You think you can get away with it? Family cover you, run to uh, your family and you're close and you avoid God. You think that's the way it works? No? We're all in one place. And that's the judgment seat of Christ. Nobody gets away. At the judgment seat of Christ, nobody can plead for you. They'll be trying to plead for themselves. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. Are you ever? But sometimes we don't pay attention. We, sh we shrug off the conviction. And we shrug it off. But it's going to get you. God gets us into a corner when you look around. You have no choice but repent or else. My moisture. Look at that. Is turned into the drought of summer. You dry up. Things begin to leave you. Health begin to leave you. Even wealth. Friends. Loved ones. Your moisture. You remember how fresh and moist you were? But the, the, uh, the, the drought sets in your life. That's what God said. Well, you might have a lot of money. Still have friends. But you don't feel that Holy Ghost inside of you. You don't feel that conviction. And what? The things of the world, your friends, you, 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 it doesn't give you that pleasure because nobody can replace the presence of God. What God do for you. You're trying to replace it by people or things. It don't work. There's nothing like spending time with God. And when the moisture... And you is replaced by the joy of the Lord. Huh? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me go. Let me go on. Verse 5. But here's the secret. What do you do? Read it. Let's read it loud. I acknowledge my sins unto thee. To who? Don't go around telling everybody, you know, you know, that's why it come and lets me talk about. No, no. Don't do that. There's no scripture for that. Why? Because they cannot forgive you. But I acknowledge my sins unto thee. Are you getting it right? Unto you, Lord. Not even the pastor. And mine iniquity have I not hid. Do you see how you get rid of iniquity? By confessing them to God privately. Go in your room, close the door, make sure not even the cat's hearing you. Talk about me. I'm going to tell this person, call him up and tell him, no, don't. Because they can't forgive you. Nobody can. My God, this makes you want to shout. My iniquity have I not hid. So God, you know everything about me. It's like a husband and a wife. And 
you know, he tells her, or she tells, you know, how much did you pay for that coat? Just using little. Oh, I paid $250. Instead of saying it's $100. But, you know, I'm just using that. It goes deeper than that. I acknowledge my sins. That's the first. When that's my baby. Acknowledging that's my child. I birthed it. That's my sin. It's me, Lord. I did it. Guilty or not. Lord, when you go before the bars of heaven, and you do on your knees. Guilty or not guilty. God, I'm so guilty. And you hear in the background, that's my child, Lord. I've done that wrong. I've done that sin. Will you forgive me, Lord? And God has the blood available for you. I acknowledge my sins unto thee. And my iniquity have I not hid. I didn't hide it in a bag. I didn't hide it in, in my spirit. There's no guile in my spirit. Why? Because I've got rid of all the iniquity and the sin out of me. I've let it out. I've got rid of my sins. When you read, we haven't read the Bible. You get that? That's why we have so much problem. We don't read the Bible. We listen to what somebody say. Why are you going to listen to that little sister, or that little brother? What he has to say? Oh, and you leave the Bible. Hmm? And you get uh, uh, what did they say? That's why you. That's why you're in that condition. That's why you can't grow. That's why the moisture in you is dried up, like the summer drought. You know, like the summertime. When all your plants dry up and the grass dry up, everything turns burn and dusty. That's what's going on inside of you. You dry up. You lift your hands up. Praise the Lord. And you're just so tired. You want to give up. There's no life. But brother, when that rain and the moisture begin to come. <laughs> when the power of God, the Holy Ghost, begin to come in your life. What joy. Better than the drumstick of a turkey. I acknowledge my sins unto thee and my iniquity have I not here. I said, notice you got to talk. I said, who said it? Not the pastor telling you to repent. You got to do something. I said, I will confess my transgression unto the Lord. Amen. I said what? That's what's coming out of your mouth. It's a relationship between you and God. Oh, but we drowned it. And you postponed it in. Oh, God's not going to charge me. He forget. Really? Can you imagine this scripture face you in judgment? And Lord asks you why you didn't repent. Well, I didn't know. And you begin to cover. There you go again. Not an excuse. You're covering up some more. Well, what God is saying right now is acknowledge your transgressions. Go before God. Spend time and say, God. I am guilty. But with all of that, because God puts it up there by the Holy Spirit, and when He passed before you say, That one is mine. And that's mine also. Oh, oh, oh Lord, go, you're going to just slow, that's mine. And you end up and say, They're all mine. They're all mine. And just the State of condemnation is before you. Until you discover that there is a hope. I acknowledge my sins unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not hid. Don't hide it. I said. Do it. I said I will confess my transgressions. Unto the Lord. And thou. Oh hallelujah. What? When you confess your transgression to the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sins. Are you shouting? I said are you happy now? Are you shouting? Verse 6. Oh I could be there a while. But let's go to verse 6. For this shall everyone. Are you listening? For who? For everyone that is godly. Pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. When can he be found? 
Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. But there is coming a time when he will not be found. After the church age is over and you go on out there. When the day of grace is over. And God hides his face. In judgment. This is the time. This is the day. When he, he, he can be found. For this shall everyone notice. That is godly pray. Unto thee. Unto God. Nobody else. In a time. When thou mayest be found. Where you hear the gospel. You hear it this morning. It can be found. Wherever you are in the world. Whoever is listening. You can find him right now. By asking the Lord to forgive you. Of your sins. Anybody. You don't have to be in a church building. You can be sitting by the corner of the road. Or driving or whatever it might be. Wherever part of the world you are. God is the same. And you can ask him to forgive you. For this shall everyone that is godly. Pray. Who? The godly seeks at him. Pray. Unto thee in a time. When thou mayst be found. Surely. Why, why, why? Look, look. When he can be found now, before the time of the floods of great water comes. Remember now at the ark? Uh, the flood's going to be issued out of the mouth of the dragon. There's a flood coming. And there's a flood of judgment. It's hard to find God then. But now is a day of grace. And everyone that is godly, pray to God. Surely in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh unto thee. In the time of trouble, the great, you know what the floods of great water is? That's the great tribulation. They won't even come nigh to you. In the fire, the floods will not drown you. Verse 6, 7. Thou art my... You know why you can't get run over? Because you have a hiding place. Jesus is that hiding place. Come on church. Don't you see that? Jesus is that hiding place. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Look at what. So you don't have to worry if you're going to go through tribulation or not. He says that the floods will not overcome you. Didn't he say that? Why, why not? Here's a secret. Because thou art my hiding place. But that hiding place, you begin to hide now by having the word of God in your heart. Getting guiles out of your spirit. Your transgression. You see the covering? Your transgression is blotted out. Your iniquity is covered. That's Christ, your hiding place. Putting on the armor of God. Thou art my. This scripture is so beautiful. Oh, thank God for men like David. There's beautiful scriptures. Thou art my hiding place. Can you imagine? You have a hiding place. COVID, the storms. Did, did you know how many people died on COVID? Still dying? They're trying to cover it up. They don't want you to know. But they're dying every day. There's more people dying or have died in 2020. I mean 2021 than they did in 2020. Still die. But because the news media is covering up. Doesn't mean that people are not dying. But how do you get by? Because thou art my hiding place. You go ahead and take vitamins and pills. But you can take all of that and you're still dead. Your hope is in Christ. We're living at the end of the clothes. Of the church age. And the securities in no one. Are nothing but the blood. Can you imagine? With all the storms coming. And all that's going to happen. The great waves of. Affliction and deception is coming. And yet we have a hiding place. Jesus Christ is the hiding place. You feel like shouting don't you? Huh? You feel like lifting up your hands and say glory. When you know that you have a hiding place. 
All right, here's. Just imagine now bombs dropping all over you. Everything's going on. And yet you've got a storm shelter. You've got a bomb shelter. You've got a shelter that disease cannot invade. Hiding place. And you don't have to go to the mountain. Right in your, your bedroom on your face. You get down and say hide me Lord. Put your covering over me. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from what? Every trouble you could. Come on, you and I. Troubles. You, all you have to do is wake up. You don't even have to wake up. Trouble is there, am I right? When the phone rings, you say, oh my God, who is that? Phone to go off a certain time. At night you jump and shake. Who is that? What do you expect? But there's a place that you can get to night and day. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with. Hallelujah. When you should be crying and mourning, you're singing. No, you see that? Songs of deliverance. When, when you're in trouble, listen. When you're in trouble, you're cast down. Okay? And the devil think he has you. Here comes a rider and a white horse in the distance singing a song of deliverance. I notice he compassed me about with songs of deliverance. Verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee... <laughs> No, notice, notice. Somebody said, come over here, I'll teach you. See who teaches you? Anybody else that teach you, beside the word of God, you're in trouble. What does he say up there? I know what I'm talking about. When I tell you, don't, don't listen to all that foolishness. Don't gossip and all that. You say, you're lost. But you didn't ever hear the scripture explained like that before, but I already knew that. That's why I can tell you, don't listen to that. So I tell you, don't fool around with that. Separate yourself from those spirits. Because they don't compass you about with songs of deliverance. They got songs of gossips. And they pull you down. And before you know, you got a bad spirit. But he said, I will instruct thee and teach thee. Look, if you follow, sit down, be still, don't get excited. Come over here, we got something better. We got to, and you get all that exciting mood. Where is it? There's nothing there. There's nothing there. You got to sit down and let somebody teach you the word of God. Or give you a proper knowledge of the word of God. He says that I will surround you with songs of deliverance. And I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way. Which thou shalt go to the kingdom. That's what it means. Can you imagine? Somebody said the Lord said calm down. Stand still. Just sit. I will compass you with songs of deliverance. You believe it. And I will instruct you. What does it mean to instruct? Teach. Guide you. Lead you. Tell you what to do next. You get it? Well, what do I do? Just listen to the word. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't have to run after anybody and say, come over, we got it. That's not true. That is not true. Here's where it's at. Have you ever heard this explained like this? Have you ever heard this scripture explained like this? That's what you need. I'll compass you with songs. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God lifts up a standard against him. When the enemy comes in, you hear music. Songs of deliverance. When it should be defeat, and when you, why thou cast down on my soul, and why thou disquieted me? Hope thou in God. And you hear some singing. And a song. A new song. I will. These scriptures make you shout. I will come past thee. And teach thee in the way. Which thou shalt go. That's a lifetime. You know, he said I will do it. The Lord said I'll teach you. Who you want to teach you. What are you hearing this morning. That's why I'm on my feet. God's reason me to teach you. 
the way you should go. Can't you live by the word of God? You got to have another word. You got to have some. You're mixed up. You're confused. And the moisture in you will dry up. Before you know it, you don't want to go to church. You want to praise God anymore. What's happening to you? It's not the church that did it. It's the gossip you listen to. The company you keep. Huh? But you come out of that and you see what happened. Drop it. Not halfway. You can't be halfway. A little bit of this, a little bit. No, it's a full-time denial of that. Hmm? Who's on the Lord's side? Can't serve two masters. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. You know, because he see the finish, he see the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. I said, I will guide you so you won't slip. You won't go to the right or the left. I will guide thee with mine eyes. That's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the eyes of the Lord. Amen. He will guide you. Remember what Jesus said? Teach you and guide you into all truth. I will guide you. Be with mine eyes. That means the eyes of the Lord is always upon you. Verse 9 says. Be. Then he goes on. Give some examples. Said, Don't be stubborn. And he picked two of the most stubborn animals. Look at that. You can be stubborn. A pastor is talking to you and say, don't do that. Don't go there. And you're still going to do it. And you get that mule spirit. You know, you begin to get that horse spirit. And that mule spirit. Look at you two. two, two uh, God's very wise. What do you think is up there? It's showing the stubbornness. You know, you brace and you won't move. Or you, I'm going to do it. And the pastor said, don't do that. And you still because of that strong-headed mule spirit that you've got. And the Lord said, don't be like that. Humble yourself. Well, the, the Bible is wonderful. Be not as the, as the horse. You've got to put a bit in his mouth. Uh, James tells you. The horse, you've got to put bits and bridles to hold him back. And they bent to. You get that? You better. Or as a mule. More stubborn. You ever anybody say stubborn as a mule? Can't budge them. When they're heading for a direction, you say, don't go down that road. Why? See the word you you gotta tell them that don't don't go and the, because you know more than that. Why you go no no don't go down that road. Why? And they bent and they begin to foam at the you try to put a bit in their mouth, they're still truth and foaming and they're going. You hold on to them, they're still going. The Lord said, Don't be like that. Mule or that horse. You get that in the Bible? See? That's a new a mule spirit you take on. Stubborn as a mule. See somebody and say, My God, that's a mule spirit. That's what Pastor knows. You can't change him. They got a mule spirit. Stubborn. And they're bolting. And they're leading everything astray. And they're going down there. You're trying to hold them back and come on back there. They're still going. They jump over that fence. They, they make their mind up. They're going to do it. That's a mule spirit. You can't change them. And the Lord said, Be not my son, be not as the horse. Or as the mule. Which, and here's the reason why. Which have no understanding. You teach, you preach, they don't understand. They'll sit and fall in sleep in church and doze off and don't hear a word. And then they get up and they give opinion. Huh? They have no understanding of, of how to build a church and they want to instruct. That's a mule. That's a horse spirit. You got to be brought up in the scripture. God has to call you. You can't build a church unless you're called. You can have a mule spirit. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. I didn't write the Bible, did I? But it's beautiful. It's there. Don't be like, he tell you not to be like the mule or the horse. Eh? When you don't listen and you bent, you won't change. Nothing can change it. You lose it. And you, you leave church and you got the same spirit. You might nod your head while you're in church and smart, but you have the same spirit. 
Nobody can put bits and bridle in a boat and change you and lead you and turn you to God. No. A mule. There's much to be said about a mule. Hmm? Was it Balaam that rode a mule? And he wouldn't even, well, be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding of God. Of the word of God because you can't teach them. They're stubborn. Whose mouth <laughs> must be held in with bits and bridles. They're not listening to the word. They got something that bits and bridles. Lest they come near unto thee. Verse 10. Many sorrows, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. You get it right there. It shows you the way of deliverance, the way of joy. But if you won't change, you're just like the mule, no understanding, and the horse. Many sorrows. Though they put bits and bridles in your mouth, you can't change. But he that trusted in the Lord. You see that? I'm going to trust God. Come on over here. We got the word. And you, you don't want to be lost, do you? Come on over here. No. He said, no. I'm going to trust in God and sit in my seat. And where God put me and listen to the word. I'm going to make the changes. I'm not going to entertain a mule spirit. You feel like shouting this morning? Hear the word? You didn't know that the Bible was like this, eh? You didn't know all in the Bible because you're not being taught. You got to come to church and sit down in many, many years. How long do you think you go through the Bible? How long? You come, a, you come a few years and say, oh, I know it. I know you know you don't. Take a long time to know this book. Or to stand on your feet and preach it like this. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. Oh God, you look back and if you didn't give up. The wicked, you wouldn't confess your sins. You wouldn't pray. You wouldn't let God take it away. You wouldn't let the blood of Jesus wash it away. Read, read chapter 1 of Revelation 5. Unto him that loved us. Why go over it sometime in my mind and wash us from our sins with his own blood. Nobody else's blood, his own blood. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he that trusted in the Lord. Mercy shall compass him about. You get that? Don't you? Can't you get that? So why are you getting all excited? Why do you let people deceive you? Why you don't read the Bible and you listen to a word like you hear a word like this and you're confused? Still, because you're not listening. You hear two voices, but you got to hear one voice, and that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you don't make your mind up to serve God. You're halfway, in between. You're trying to please everybody. You can't serve two masters. You can't please everybody. You got to get to where I'm going to please the Lord. And if anybody else is hurt, that's okay. I'm going to be nice to you, but I'm not going to try to please you. Where are those men and women today? But I try to please everybody. I got to please my family. I got to please this one. Try it. It wears you out. And you achieve nothing. And many of them are not going to serve God anyway. But God gives everyone a chance. I want you to serve God. But if you're not going to go on. I'm not going to wait for you. Because you've got to stand before the judgment seat. And why? So you'd have, been, you'd have lost in this world. And lost in the world to come. Amen. You, you got to admit. There's a lot of friends and family. They're not, they're not going to serve God in this life. Because of the mule spirit. The stubborn spirit. You try to pull them. And put. Ride them to church. Try. Get on. Put a brick and a bridle. And try to ride them to church. Anywhere else you can ride them. The movies. Oh yes. <laughs> you want to go here? Oh yes. We'll go. Ah, let's go to the beach. Oh, sure. But let's go to church. And you put a brick and a bite and give them a word and then we're chewing in now. They're not going to church. But you think that they're going, but they're not. 
If you put a bit and a bridle in them, I'll try it. They chew on that bit and they go on and they bite at your feet and they're kicking and they're not going to church. Hmm? And so many sorrows shall be to the wicked. But he that trusted in the Lord. Do you trust in the Lord? Mercy shall come past him about. You got mercy all about. That's why as a church we, we trust the Lord. It doesn't matter who is here. The enemy fought us. Behind my back want to destroy me. Destroy this church. But we prevail. Because if God didn't send you, you can't prevail. Not in today's world. God's got to stand with you. And God can save with many or by few. It's not the crowd. It's the spirit of the people. Spirit of the people. God's a wonderful God. He said, He'll come past you above with mercy. Mercy come past you. When you should have been down your heart. The last verse says, So what do you do? Are you glad? Clapping your hands, shouting, praising God, and rejoice. Are you righteous? And what? Shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart. Let me go over it and see if you can do that. Be glad. Be glad in the Lord. Are you glad in the Lord? Are you glad in the Lord? And rejoice. Are you righteous? Are you a sinner? You have not confessed your sins. Are you a wicked person? Are you righteous? I'm asking you, asking your president, are you righteous? Well, if you are, shout for joy. All ye that are upright in heart, you clap your hands, you shout, you praise the Lord, you love God. Amen. Hallelujah. My, my, my. <laughs> did, did you enjoy?